Go law enforcement. Go law enforcement. Go law enforcement. Go law enforcement. The podcast that makes your law enforcement dreams happen. Welcome to the Go Law Enforcement podcast, brought to you by GoLawEnforcement.com. I'm your host, Joe Lebowski. Passing the police exam is a vital step towards becoming a law enforcement officer. GoLawEnforcement.com can help you pass the police exam and get a score that will get you hired. Check out GoLawEnforcement.com. Jonathan McElroy is a patrol officer for the Seattle Police Department in Washington, having started his career in Alabama. In this episode of the Go Law Enforcement podcast, Officer McElroy talks about an active shooter event, a situation that could have turned into human trafficking, and Officer McElroy will tell you about the strangest oral board interview question you've ever heard. My name is Jonathan McElroy. I've been police officer for coming up on eight years. I've been a police officer in um, Anniston, Alabama, with the Anniston Police Department. I was there for about five years, and I've been with the Seattle Police Department for coming up on three years now. I got a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from Penn State and a master's degree in public administration uh, from Troy University in Alabama. Well, what interested me in getting into law enforcement was, this may seem a little dorky, but as a kid, my dad always watched cops. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the lights and sirens or helping people, enforcing the law, or just a mixture of all of them. I just, that's what I've wanted to do since I was a kid. So when I first got out of high school, I explored some other careers that I just didn't like technician with AT&T and a few other jobs. And I just, I didn't enjoy them. And I still just had that desire to be a police officer and to help people. So that was when I decided to quit my career as a technician and pursue um, being a police officer. The hiring process at my initial um, agency was, it was a written test. And then they had a physical abilities test. Those were the two first and initial steps. It was it was kind of challenging. The I mean, you had to run a mile and a half, do some push-ups and sit-ups. It wasn't anything that, if you're in you know fair amount of shape, that you anybody could kind of pass. Then they went into a background check, contacted all of my references, contacted previous employers, and then once they did the background check, I went in for a polygraph passed the polygraph, and then went into the um, medical and psycho, um, psychological evaluations. So I did have an oral board interview. Um, that was, I think that was the very last stage of the, of the process. And it was probably the scariest thing that I had done up to that point. You walk into a room and there's this long rectangular table, um, something that you'd see in like Game of Thrones or something. And the entire command staff, um, the police, um, police chief, captains, lieutenants, they were all there. And I mean, there was probably uh, maybe 10 to 15 people in there. And they're all around this table. And then you're just sitting at the end of the table. And before I could even get sat down, the chief 
asked me if I'd ever been into a, a fight before because I'm a pretty small guy. I'm 5'5", 135, 140 pounds. There's a lot of crime in Edison. So they were just wanting to know if I could um, hold my own, per se. And um, that was just that was how my interview, my oral board got started. And then each one of them had my 30-page background packet in front of them. And it was just 10 to 15 minutes of them just like hounding me with questions and, you know, just poking. And it was very intimidating, very scary. And I I left the interview and a friend of mine has went to the process um, about six months before me. And he even warned me, he's like, you're going to leave that interview feeling that you, you're not going to get the job. There's no way I've got this job. They just sat there and grilled me for 10 to 15 minutes. I just feel horrible. And, you know, that's how I felt when I left. I was like, man, there's no way I, I messed something up. I said something stupid. And because I've got a pretty, I got a clean background. I'm not a trouble kid. I was, you know, never had any trouble with the law or done anything, you know, bad. But I still felt horrible. And maybe two hours later, the, um, he was a lieutenant at that time of hiring, called me and said, hey, so you got the job and you start the academy in a week. And that was, I was shot in a way, but not shot just because, like I said, I felt like I did horrible in my oral board interview. But so that was my oral board experience with with that agency. When I was looking for other police departments to leave the Aniston Police Department, uh, my wife and I were looking at big major cities across America because I wanted to work for a big agency with a lot of units, a lot of specializations. So. I narrowed it down to, you know, like Denver, San Diego, Seattle, and um, the Austin Police Department in Texas. I mean, we had a lot of different factors that played a part, you know, as far as weather and the scenery around it. But the biggest factor was my ability to just lateral straight into the department without having to start over. So my top two were San Diego and Seattle. And San Diego, the way their process works is the officer has to go through their entire academy again at the state of Washington. They just have a two week lateral academy where if you have experience in other states, you can just come in, take the two week academy, and then you're post certified in the state of Washington. My uh, current position with the Seattle police department is uh, I'm a patrol officer and I work out of the North precinct. The biggest difference um, between policing in a kind of a smaller town in Anderson, Alabama, compared to a big metropolitan area in Seattle, Washington, is in Seattle, there's so much that happens. I mean, my old agency in Anderson, I mean, it was a, it's a violent place. Uh, violent crime is um, pretty high there, but um, it doesn't happen as often down there as it does here in Seattle. We've had, uh, within the past few weeks, we've had a few shootings, stabbings. So they're they're more frequent. It doesn't, I guess, by the population, it doesn't happen. Statistically, it's kind of skewed, I guess. Um, It's a little bit more violent back in my old agency, but since it's smaller, it doesn't happen as often. Here in Seattle, it's a much bigger population. But for the population size that we have, it's not as violent. Some of the cases that I've 
been able to either be a part of or that I have participated in with the Seattle Police Department. We had an active shooter incident back in, uh, I think it was March of 2019, where uh, a gentleman came out and just started shooting and he shot a Metro bus driver. And the Metro bus driver, um, when he was shot, uh, backed his bus up and was able to drive away from the suspect um, without hurting anybody else on the bus. And while he was shot, so he drove away and obviously we got multiple 911 calls from that and um, it was a very chaotic scene because we had the bus driver and the bus that had driven away from the scene it was a few blocks down the road we just had multiple different scenes and I remember driving there and the first officers arriving on scene were able to apprehend and get the shooter um, but nobody had rendered aid or really even known about the bus where the bus was and i had just so happened to be turning the corner when the uh officers on scene said hey we got to find the bus and you know see what happened there and i just happened to be right at the bus when that came out and there was this gentleman out in front of the bus flagging me down and then when i got up to the bus i saw the bullet holes because originally i thought it was just maybe a disturbance because we have a lot of people that get on the Metro buses and they'll cause a scene. They'll be drunk. And, you know, if nobody knows what's going on, they may just be out there trying to flag the police down and say, Hey, there's this drunk dude on the bus. But so I started to slow down. And then I said, I saw the bullet holes and I saw everybody off of the bus. And so that's when I realized that that was the bus driver that was shot. So uh, my squad mate and I pulled over and jumped onto the bus and, rendered aid to the um to the bus driver and he ended up surviving he was shot in the uh in the chest um or in the torso and i think his arm as well but the training that we have at seattle is phenomenal uh, we go through the combat tactical training or um we call it care under fire um but it's kind of pretty intensive training where you're we're trained to give aid while under fire or, you know, they're in chaotic situations like that, because that was probably the most stressful situation I'd ever been in because there was so much information that nobody, I mean, we didn't know a whole lot of what was going on. We just knew that there was at least one guy shooting and over the radio, I remember specifically when I was, you know, getting onto the bus, one guy said, Hey, there was a guy in the back of the bus and he just walked away. So, you know, we didn't know if he, the, you know, there were two shooters, and while we're rendering aid, the officers on scene with the suspect are saying that some of the people that live in that area think one guy was a combat medic in the military. So he went inside, got his vest, and ran outside and was covered in blood and had this Kevlar vest on. And people were like, who's this guy walking around with blood all over himself in a, in a Kevlar vest? And so... You know, we again, we didn't know how many shooters there were. Um, we didn't know where the shooters were. Um, luckily, it worked out in the end where it was just one, and you know, we saved who we could for the most part. Um, but just the chaos that was going on, the um, training kind of kicked in, thankfully, um, because like I said, that was that was probably the most intense situation or one of the most intense uh, situations I had ever been in. I had just gotten back from baby leave 
And this woman called and um, she lives in Florida. And she called and said that her 18 year old daughter had just flown up to Seattle to meet this 60 year old man who is a uh, registered sex offender. So she wanted us to do a welfare chat because she's unable to get in contact with her daughter. She, she had just landed that morning at 11 and she called us in the afternoon around two o'clock. And I, um, I go out to the house and um, the mother calls us again and kind of updates us and said, you know, she told her that she was, she told her mom that she was flying up to Seattle to meet with a girlfriend or something that she went to high school with, but her mother hacked her Facebook and found out that she's meeting this guy. She did her research and that's when she told us about the, um, the registered uh, sex offender. So we get to the house and we make contact with the guy and he comes out and super nice to the police and he ends up just telling her to come out so we we speak to her she's 18 years old but she can tell she's probably not the most mature 18 year old that i've seen she's mad at her mom she's mad at her brother down in florida so she met this guy online and he bought her a round trip ticket to seattle to hang out for a week or two to get her away from her mom i've worked some different cases involving prostitution and human trafficking I've uh, done some time, a very short stint in our sexual assault unit as a temporary detective for our 30-day assignment. So during my experience, I've had the opportunity to kind of be exposed a little bit to the human trafficking element. So I kind of saw these red flags going off in my head from all of the training and experience I've had, you know, the grooming aspects, hey, you're having issues at home, come up here, I'll make everything better. And the longer I spoke with her, the more and more flags went off in my head. So I tried to explain to her the grave danger that she was in. And she told me that she understood, but she, you know, was making the right decision. She didn't want to go with us. She's aware of his history. And we ended up, I, I spoke with the mom and we tried to make arrangements for her to get back to Florida. I was willing to pay for her a ticket back to Florida, but she just continuously refused. So she's 18 years old. We had to leave her there. But after speaking to the mom that day, I told her I'd check in with her. So that was on my Friday. So I come back after the weekend and I spoke to the mom and she was very grateful and said that her daughter was returned the next day. Apparently the guy was so scared after he spoke with us, because I informed the guy before I left, you know, he offered to let me come to his house every now and then to check on her. And I told him, well, there's going to be more people checking on this. And I guess that kind of spooked him enough to where he bought her a ticket like two days later and sent her back to Florida. So I guess just because of the, the prostitution that we have and the trafficking issues that we have in Seattle, just knowing that, I'm not saying that's what the case was here, but just the flags um, that were popping up during our conversation with her at least made me concerned for her safety. And I'm just glad that at least the outcome of this was that he sent her back to Florida. If I was to speak with somebody that is either interested in pursuing law enforcement 
or they're in the process for it. I would say just stick it out and find an agency that's best fitted for you. Just my personal experience, the police, we are out there, you know, we're out there first for the most part. And, you know, you are in the position to, if somebody's injured, um, you can render aid to them. And if somebody's doing the injuring, you have the ability to stop that threat. So police work is kind of everything mixed together where you can save a life and then you can also prevent somebody from taking a life at the same time. So I would just say stick it out and find an agency that's best for you that will align with your goals and you know your aspirations for a career. If you want to work in specialized units, there's a lot of police agencies that have a lot of specialized units. If your goal is to just be a patrol officer and stay on patrol for 20 years, there's a lot of agencies that are like that as well. So just stay the course and don't get frustrated, even if you get declined the job. Because before I got into police work, I had a few agencies not call me back because it was back in 2011, 2012, when at that time, everybody wanted to be a cop. Um, and it was really hard to get a police job. But if you get denied a job or if something happens during the process where you know you didn't make it through the process, always look for an agency that you want to work for. And if that doesn't work, there's always another agency that would be willing to take you. Passing the police exam is a vital step towards becoming a law enforcement officer. GoLawEnforcement.com can help you pass the police exam and get a score that will get you hired. Check out GoLawEnforcement.com. Thanks for listening.